Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's everyone doing today? Guess what? It's Friday for us. It is. Today is Friday because it's Dumb Bleep of the Week. A lot of people might think this whole we do what we want thing is getting out of control, but <laughs> it's. let me tell you, it's not. This is just more proof in the pudding. Days of the week are subjective. It's a construct, actually. It's a social construct mm-hmm. and put around us. And today, at least in our office, it identifies as Friday. And so we're going to do Dumb Bleep of the Week where we finally get to make fun of all kinds of stuff, unlike what we did throughout the rest of the week, which was uh, talk about things in a very evenly keeled manner, of course. And this is mainly because Nate doesn't care as much about liberty as you thought. He, uh, mm-hmm. he puts eighth grade graduations above Liberty, and so he'll be gone tonight and tomorrow. That does seem ridiculous and now when you say it like that. Yeah. yeah. So I just wanted everybody to know what. <laughs> now I'm going to be gone for a whole week coming yeah. up the yeah. following week. There you go. So then you just have Nate to bring you Liberty while I'm out. That's I, good. We've been needing to bump in the numbers anyway, so that's <laughs> a good timing on that one. All right, it's everyone's favorite episode, as Nate mentioned, Dumb Bleep of the Week. Make sure you smash that subscribe or follow button or the little plus sign. Uh, it might be hard to smash a little plus sign now. Mm-hmm. The, the subscribe button used to be a lot bigger. Yeah. And now it's just a little plus sign in the top right-hand corner of your favorite podcasting app for most of them, so make sure you do that. Uh, and because, you know, I know you're going to love the show. That's why I tell you to do it. Do it and make sure that you join so you Join GML. Go to joingml.com so you can vote on what we're about to talk about, which is Dumb Bleep number one. Here we go. A couple of these are going to be pretty easy just to run through real quick. But Dumb Bleep number one right here. I just got a comment here from Elon Musk. We got a couple things here from Elon Musk. <clears throat> and this one has to do with uh, Tesla losing its ESG rating, getting taken out of the S&P 500 ESG index. Now, that is the environmental and social governance rating. And essentially what this is, is a uh, a leftist, leftist scam to direct money towards whatever companies they think are achieving whatever their agenda is yeah. at the time. That's mm-hmm. a, essentially what ESG is. Yeah. Uh, but it's it can be pretty important because they... They make these ratings, they make these indexes, and when you make them, they have to balance their portfolios, meaning they will buy certain amounts of whatever those stocks are. In this case, they will sell them, or they make recommendations to other big investors, uh, depending on what their ESG rating is. So it really does direct the flow of money towards these companies. Like your 401k could be mm-hmm. invested in some of this. And you know, I, I we mentioned this when it came to Twitter. Now I don't think I don't think the Twitter thing is going to happen, but with Musk buying Twitter, he was putting up a lot of Tesla shares. And one thing that we mentioned was they don't actually have to go after Twitter or anything. They just have to go after Tesla because if they tank Tesla's stock price enough, then he's not going to be able to use his shares as collateral because there's only a certain percentage of them that he can use. So anyway maybe this is part of that. I'm not sure. He wouldn't have enough money, by yeah. the way. He wouldn't have enough wealth mm-hmm. stored up to use as collateral for a loan. So uh, Musk came out and said, he was uh, upset about this, of course. He said, Exxon is rated top 10 best in the world for the environment, social, and governance, the ESG by the S&P 500. Exxon, 
While Tesla didn't make the list, ESG is a scam. It's been weaponized by phony social justice warriors. So Exxon remains in the top 10. Also, at he the also called it woke divism. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that in a reply to Kathy Wood's tweet. I didn't see that one. Because Kathy Wood tweeted out that it was ridiculous. Yeah. And then he, re he responded to Kathy Wood's tweet and said woke divism. Like when you look at environmental goals, now I realize that electric vehicles aren't as good for the environment as some people would have you say, but they're the making of the electric vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> you, and you still have to use power to uh, charge them up and the power still comes from dirty sources mostly. And of course they have to mine all of the minerals that go into the batteries, all, all that stuff. But if you're on the left and you've been pushing for everyone to go into electric vehicles, it, it, it just, you know, it kind of seems like the person who created this whole electric vehicle market that we basically have right now, um, maybe, maybe they would have a decent ESG score. I don't know. Well, it reminds me how he wasn't even invited to the White House mm -hmm. by Biden that, and that Ford and GM were the leading, were the leaders in the EV market. Maybe you have to have a union representation to get the ESG score also. Also, you know, companies like Exxon now, of course, you know, if you look at the oil, the major oil companies, Exxon, um, Marathon, or whatever it is, a lot of them do invest billions of dollars into clean energy because they can see the writing on the wall. And these billion-dollar companies aren't stupid, mm -hmm. okay? But what's hilarious is most of the time from the left, you see how these edy, uh, these evil, greedy oil companies taking subsidies from the government and how they're just the most dirty, vile companies. And we're going to put Exxon in the top 10 and remove Tesla. And at the it's same just, time that they removed Tesla, they added Marathon Oil to the list. So that, you know, y'all make sense of that if you want to. Look, it makes perfect sense. So that's dumb bleep. That's actually number one. We're going to tie this in and just call it Elon Musk, even though it's not really uh, Elon Musk that is the dumb bleep. But we're going to keep this in number one, just on the Elon Musk topic for a minute. He said, I believe this was yesterday, he said, in the past, I voted Democrat because they were mostly the kindness party, but they have become the party of division and hate, so I can no longer support them and will vote Republican. Now watch their dirty tricks campaign against me unfold. Didn't take long. That was a pretty popular <laughs> one. Now, this is from a rando right here, uh, but this response was just ridiculous. Uh, she says, I think maybe she... Well, sorry, I don't know. Just a few days after Buffalo, you can take the man out of apartheid South Africa, but you can't take the apartheid out of the man. Just like the Republican Party. Exactly. For sure. Mm -hmm. You know, when you leave the Democratic Party, the one that was against, you know, civil rights and had most of the slaves and all that kind of... It's, you know, supporting the Republican Party. That's apartheid South Africa, essentially the same thing. I mean, it's the it's the ultra MAGA agenda. Mm -hmm. Nate, ultra MAGA. That's what's taken over the Republican Party, which, by the way, committed the worst atrocity in American history, Jan Six. Mm -hmm. So we can't forget that. That's true. That is so true. Now, when you join the ranks of those that are tied to Jan Six, I mean, it's yeah. the worst thing. It's the worst thing since slavery. Yeah, that's, you know, I think she's right. That uh, shouldn't even be in dumb bleep. So, okay, that's all number one. We'll just call it Musk. That way we can remember it. Well, I want to take a quick break from all of this craziness to tell you who's not as stressed out about all this stuff going on in our country. And that's Mikkel Thorpe from expatmoney.com. We're going to tell you about the upcoming online summit from Mikkel Thorpe and expatmoney.com. 
with over 30 experts who are focused on moving your life, business, and wealth offshore. This is free to attend. You just go to expatmoneysummit.com. You reclaim your freedom from all this chaos and uncertainty. All right. So what they're going to be covering, how to secure your own plan B safe haven, how to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, and decentralized finance to safeguard your money, how to legally reduce your tax burden, how and where to safely store gold, silver, and other precious metals, where the best countries are in the world to find your freedom for yourself and your family, and how you can get a second passport to travel the globe without restrictions and get in and out of different countries' borders. You will learn about a libertarian island haven, private cities, communities on the ocean, and food and energy independent towns in Latin America. So go, once again, register now for free, expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what's happening in the world. Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Listen, relationships take work. We all know that. And we all know that we would drop everything to go help someone that we care about. Just think someone in your family or one of your friends is going through a tough time. You do anything to help them. But how often do you give yourself the same treatment? This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, the one you have with yourself. Whether it's hitting the gym, making time for that haircut, or even trying therapy, you are your greatest asset. So invest the time and effort into yourself like you do for other people. Now, Charlie has been using BetterHelp for quite a long time. He has really enjoyed it. I've used it as well. And let me tell you, some of the most important moments of my life happened when I was talking to someone about what was going on. I still remember the things that I was told to this day. Just imagine if you could get that same thing and how much it would help. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Good Morning Liberty listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com GML. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Charles, there's an article associated with this in the podcast notes from Governor Kathy Hochul. Mm -hmm. From Fox News. So Governor Hochul orders New York State Police to create new unit to fight hate speech online. Uh, Turns out it's linked to the Department of Homeland Security somehow. (laughs) I bet this new unit is going to be run. By Nina? By Nina. Yeah. That's the, that's why she had to resign mm-hmm. from the Department of Homeland Security because she got a better offer. Could here. be it. So uh, Kathy Hochul, the New York governor, announced a plan to, quote, combat domestic terrorism. Now, keep in mind all these things we've been talking about for years, okay? Now, they, they, it's unfolding. Charlie, that would never happen. <laughs> Okay, I hear all the time, not from you guys, but from a lot of folks like, oh, do you think that would happen? Uh, Yeah, I do. And now it's happening. 
by the way. So this is their plan to combat domestic terrorism and investigate violent extremism online following the mass shooting at a grocery store in Buffalo over the weekend. Notice she didn't announce that after the subway shooting that took place in New York right. a few weeks ago. Quote, we're proposing a comprehensive plan to combat domestic terrorism, strengthening state gun laws, and investigate social media platforms promoting violent extremism. In the wake of the racist act, ter- act of terror in Buffalo, New York, um, New York will lead the charge to confront this epidemic head on. Holchel tweeted Wednesday afternoon. Now, a few things here. New York has one of the strictest gun laws out of anywhere, by mm-hmm. the way, uh, for the state. So I don't understand what strengthening state gun laws is going to do for f- criminals who commit criminal acts, by the way. Um, and then the other thing is this whole domestic terrorism. We talked a lot yesterday on this issue, which is like if this person was able to view a dissenting opinion and not go underground to these other places that that is only full of echo chambers, it would do, it would do way more good than to create a whole new department to decide what hate speech is. This this will be used against you, regular people, uh, and that's why they're creating this. Holchel ordered a new unit led by state police to track violent extremism online and investigate social media companies that allow for hate speech to be posted on the platforms. The announcement Wednesday includes an executive order requiring the state police to seize weapons under the state's red flag law from people determined to be a threat to themselves or others. So you no longer have to prove anything, Yeah. by the way, because you just label someone a domestic terrorist and then we'll just be able to take your guns away from you. So you connect those two things together. They're going to create a unit that is going to be uh, perusing social media, looking for hate speech and violent rhetoric online. And then they're going to use the state's red flag laws to take guns away from people that they determine to be a threat to themselves or other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sounds great. Sounds like a great idea. And, it, you know, when we were railing against red flag laws and all this other stuff, domestic terrorism, it was said many times, well, it's just a conspiracy. Well, which some Republicans even support, you know? Yeah. So that's the thing. You can't give these people an inch. They'll take your guns, as they say. Mm-hmm. So, all right, that's dumb bleep. Give them a house a cookie and they'll take your guns. Dumb bleep number two, Kathy Hochul right there. Number three, oh, this is fun. This will be a fun one. I'm excited. Okay, here we go. Let me switch this over to the screen real quick. So this is an, <laughs> <laughs> so this is an article from Vox. And it's talking about the many costs of breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Now, first off, I guess I have to point out that the um, the tweet here, let's talk about what we're actually demanding of lactating people when we tell them they should just breastfeed. Lactating well, people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have nipples. Can you milk me? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because you're a biological man but uh, that doesn't really that doesn't really matter so they go the point of this right here for dumb leap number three of course we have this baby formula shortage and here's what's been going on all throughout the uh, white supremacist social media sphere that is our social media people have been coming out this is the misogynistic side they've been saying okay there's a baby formula shortage but like if you're the mom you know maybe you got other sources of milk you know naturally that could occur. Mm. I realize that doesn't happen for everyone. Sometimes it just it just don't work. The, the you know the the 
the milk's gone bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't work quite as well. Well, and, and or you are producing milk, but it doesn't have enough nutrients or something like that. There are a lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah. Um, but, you know, baby formula, that's why they invented baby formula, like, you know, 2048 B.C., <laughs> you know, before Christ was here because it was such a, you know, troubling thing. Mm-hmm. Now, what used to happen in history is they would have, uh, you know, all the mothers would take turns breastfeeding, by mm-hmm. the way. You would have, um, what, what were they called? Uh, for some reason, maiden is sticking in my head or whatever. But essentially, the community would come together. And for a child that wasn't getting enough nutrients or a mother that wasn't producing enough milk, well, there were others that were, and you would you were able to feed your child to keep the kid alive. Yeah. Right? Because there was no such thing as baby formula until 1940-something. What you know what the you know what the dangerous part about that is, and why they had to stop doing it though, is that the the women's breasts didn't have proper labeling on them. That's and and so they didn't have the right pictures. Yeah, they just found <laughs> they just found that they weren't able to do that. No, I just want to have some appreciation for how far we've come as a society, and I think that that's how we should look at it. Sorry, it was early 1900s. In 1885, uh, evaporated milk. Uh, was was invented and then in the early 1900s baby formula so this picture book it rolls through uh, talking about there's no shortage of people on social media ready to blame parents for this situation and then there's a picture of a man saying just so you know your body already makes the perfect food for your baby and it's free so they're going to talk about this um, it's a man saying that <laughs> yeah of course it's got to be a man putting aside the fact even that though some, there's multiple women that say the same thing yeah by the way but inside the fact that some family situations necessitate the use of formula, they go through all these different reasons. You got low milk supply, foster care, adoption, <clears throat> stuff like that. Some birthing parents simply don't want to breastfeed, and Notice they shouldn't have to. Women at all here. I just I just want to talk about our 2022 human privilege that we have right here, our American Western privilege that we have right now. Some. Some birthing parents don't want to breastfeed, and they shouldn't have to, you know? <laughs> but the, per, the persistent myth that breastfeeding is free overlooks the real costs associated with breastfeeding. Very, very uh, expensive, of course. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's not free. You know why it's not free? Because you have to get all of these things to be able to breastfeed. You have to get all of these bottles. You have to get milk storage bags. You have to have a breast pump. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You can't do it without nursing bras. And who could forget nipple cream? You know? Probably the most important. And so you you just can't, can't get around those things. And this is why the formula came into existence in the first place is because in the hard economic times they had, uh, they went through a shortage of breast pumps that was one of the biggest things that they were having mm-hmm. and um the nipple cream uh they went through a few really dry uh dry spells and they weren't able to yeah. uh, to get it so in fact i think you saw uh, articles from the new york times the the great uh breast pump shortage of the 1600s mm-hmm. was, that's what it was yeah and it was because of a lockdown in china that was going on <laughs> that's right it was one of the biggest deals breastfeeding parents also remember you can't say women mm-hmm can't say that that would be wrong require an additional three to four hundred calories a day well that's galler and honey bun right there i mean just have one of those and the continuation of prenatal vitamins the cost of which are apparent that's like 15 to 30 Mm -hmm. bucks a month 
for all that stuff with prenatal environment which you can grow naturally the prenatal vitamins in your backyard but that also takes labor many people require lactation support like a breastfeeding class you've got to go to you can't expect people to go to a breastfeeding class and then you there's a a large shortage of lactation consultants and those 200 bucks an hour which isn't price gouging to consult because there's so few of them yeah well it wouldn't be price gouging it's a woman that's a consultant right Mm -hmm. here so you got to go through you got to go through all this and so when you that looks like a fellow birthing person or former oh yeah you're right yeah when you add all this stuff up when you get your lactation consultant and you take your breastfeeding class and you have to pay for those additional 300 calories a day and the the multiple tubes of nipple cream along with your milk storage bags well it turns out breastfeeding is just as expensive as formula Mm -hmm. you know you can't do it without those things you can't it's not possible Mm -mm. okay not at all so i mean it, it continues to go through um (laughs) (laughs) the pictures are great yeah the pictures are really great no but i just want to have a little bit of appreciation for how far we've come as a society and look you know like it's great so so i i do want to be empathetic to to women who are are fearing dating people or birthing persons i'm going to say women i'm going to be empathetic towards you're going to leave out everyone else then sure as hell i am okay because i can all right. All right. I, I do want to be empathetic towards women who are fearful of being able to feed their child, especially if they aren't able to produce milk on their own. And, you know, a lot of women go through um, a lot of fear and anxiety and they think it's their <clears> fault. Um, and so I do want to be empathetic towards them that this, you know, this formula shortage does have a great impact on their life. Mm-hmm. However, I think we can all appreciate how ridiculous an article like this is <laughs> to like basically to me it's it's a slap in the face of women and what their bodies are capable of and the miracles that happen and the fact that how did we get anywhere in society uh, until without the baby formula being invented we like you have to realize that these things that they're talking about all came about in the last 100 150 years if that yeah Right, and the Earth has been around for twelve, a little over twelve billion years. We've been human beings. I think it's like five, is it twelve? I think it's like five or something. I think it's I don't twelve know. something. I, who knows? And I think we, I think human science beings, is fake anyway. Human beings have been around at least since the last ice age. We can say that. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's say twelve thousand years at the least, probably more like a million or so. And uh, how how have we been able to survive? Well, all? some of the some of the. Um, the milk, the the pumps, the breast pumps survived the ice age because they've got actually oh, really have, low yeah. freezing uh, <laughs> temperatures. So they were able to make it through. Right. So right. That's the only reason we're here. If it wouldn't have been for that. Exactly. It would have been. Po- okay. So that's number three. You guys get the idea. That's pretty dumb to me. I don't know. Just overall dumb. So Charlie, we've been talking a lot about privatizing school or doing homeschooling or doing school vouchers. And there's mm-hmm. big dust up here in Pennsylvania. AFT Pennsylvania. That's the American Federation of Teachers. The union uh, mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania for the teachers, they're very upset about what people are doing. Well, and what incentive do they have, by the way? You know, they, it's the not, children. It's not to educate your kids. No, it's only about the children. Okay. That's it. So they tweet out here, it's a picture of Pennsylvania's richest person. And he spent at least $18 million on the 2022 primary. So, and they're uh, tweeting this article out and saying, the mission of school privatizers like Yas Brulet, 
whatever, however you say that name, is to take our country back to a time before Brown versus Board, to widen inequities in our systems, to hoard wealth for the few and keep most and keeps most people, especially black and brown people, undereducated and poor. Because if you look at the public school system currently, their trends on educating poor people, especially black and brown, have been atrocious. Mm. It's declining, by yeah, the way. It's pretty bad. It's real bad. But the, Really bad. But the people who are trying to solve those problems by offering more choice for parents and for the students, mm. they are the ones who want to hurt black and brown poor people. So, Not the schools who have literally been hurting those people like before our eyes every single year. You know, it's not literal them. projection. Mm -hmm. it's, that's all it is. <clears throat> I mean, I when I first looked at this, I was like, okay, there's no blue check mark. So I went and looked at the page, and uh, it is in fact the American Federation of Teachers representation in Pennsylvania, and they just the teachers and their union want you to know that if you want an option other than public schooling, you want to go back to a time before Brown versus you just want segregation. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's all you want. This is not as bad as the time before clocks which is what, you know, the Supreme Court wants to do with Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, this, this one's pretty bad, too. So, I don't know. I feel that that's pretty dumb. Now, why would people care about stuff like this? Why, why would they want to even mess with any of these issues? It's like our, school, our schools are pretty perfect, from what I can tell. Um, here's a story. Middle schoolers in Wisconsin... They were accused of sexual harassment. That was number four, by the way. This is number five. Middle schoolers accused of sexual harassment for not using preferred pronouns, the parents say. Mm. That's awesome. This is from 14 News, the local news right here. The parents of three Wisconsin middle school students are asking the school district to stop a sexual harassment investigation into their sons and clear their records of any sort of charges or investigation. The parents say <clears throat> that according to the Keele Area School District, the Keele Middle School students are under investigation for mispronouncing pronouns when referring to a classmate. Last month, the parents of three eighth graders were notified their sons were being charged by school district officials with sexual harassment. A section of Title IX prohibits gender-based harassment in the form of name-calling on the basis of sex. The district claims the boys were not referring to the students' requested pronouns of they and them. Mm. Yep. Rose Rabideau, the mother of a student involved, said that she accompanied her son the day after the notification to an interview. She told them the use of the pronouns was confusing to her son. And he had no obligation to refer to the classmate by those pronouns. Quote, sexual harassment? That's rape. That's incest. That's inappropriate touching, Rabideau said. What did my son do? He's a little boy. He told me that he was being charged with sexual harassment for not using the right pronouns. Rabideau said the classmate only announced their preferred pronouns earlier this year and preferred those pronouns be used when identifying them. Quote, it's plural. It doesn't make sense to him. So I told him to call them by their names. Isn't this, this, is, this is ridiculous? This is insane. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely insane. 
Through a letter from their attorney, the parents are asking for the charges to be dropped immediately, saying they have no standing legally. Quote, it's not sexual harassment under Title IX, under their own policy, under federal law, and it's probably a First Amendment violation. Almost certainly, if that's their theory, that's solely using the wrong pronoun, that would be a First Amendment violation, said the lawyer. The school district didn't comment, but they did provide a statement, generalized, Uh, KASD prohibits all forms of bullying and harassment in accordance with all laws, including Title IX, and will continue to support all students, regardless of race, color, religion, national origin, ancestry, creed, pregnancy, marital status, parental status, sexual orientation, sex, including transgender status, change of sex or gender identity, or physical, mental, emotional, or learning disability. Basically, everyone except for people who want to use the words that they damn well want to use. That's exactly. uh, basically those are the only people in any of its student programs and activities. This is consistent with school board policy. Um, we do not comment on any student matters. Yeah, so they didn't comment specifically about mm. this, but here is our policy. I, I, I want to send my kids to this school just yeah. to. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Just to see what happens. Like, you, you know, I can call him or her if I want to. Um, no, you can't, Charlie. I sure can. That's wrong. You can't do it. Okay, let's go on to the next one. That's number five. Stuff just grinds my giblets. Middle school. What else is going on in schools, I wonder? I don't know. I'm not really sure. Let's see what this one is. Oh. Oh, from Beetlejuice. Charlie, what would you say? Oh, what would you say this uh, picture here is of right there? Um, this is a picture of Beetlejuice um, reading. Lightfoot. Beetlejuice Lightfoot. Okay, Lori Lightfoot. That's right. Uh, She's the mayor of Chicago. And uh, she's reading To Kill a Mockingbird. And the tweet says, In Texas, reading any damn book I choose, no banning of books or thought ever. And And she's reading To Kill a Mockingbird. mm -hmm. You know what's interesting about To Kill a Mockingbird? What's that? It's uh, It's the left that wants the ban To Kill a Mockingbird. Because it uses the N-word. And because it makes a white guy look good, it creates the white savior, which is the white lawyer that's defending mm-hmm. uh, and To Kill a Mockingbird. And uh, the general racism and everything that's in the book. In fact, it was uh, recently banned in uh, Burbank, California, I believe. Four parents got upset and got to school to get rid of it. Three of the four parents uh, were, were black and said that their kids were traumatized. And um, I just thought that of all books for her to go pick out and say, no banning of books ever. It's the one that the left It's banned. the one that generally people on the left wanted to ban yeah. because it made a white person look good. And I don't, dis- I don't disagree with her, the actual yeah. tweet. I mean, no banning of books or thought ever. I, I vehemently agree with that. Yeah. Like, I, but you shouldn't ban anything. Like, she should have said no banning anything ever. Yeah. Like, we should put all the information out there and let people decide for themselves. I mean, I think some books could potentially be inappropriate for children to read. Yes. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we could rate them like we rate movies or something. Yeah. Not that I want another commission or board or whatever. <laughs> but I think we should let parents decide. I mean, give them ESG score. Yeah, exactly. Know, that's what we need to do. Put them part of the the indices, the ESG indices. So, um, yeah, I you know, did you have to read Animal Farm in my mom's class? Do you remember doing that? I think so, yes. Yeah. So we read Animal Farm. I also read To Kill a Mockingbird, by the yeah. way, which was required. Yeah. Had to read To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Although I think I read that in high school. Um, it was in high school. Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. In, wasn't in grade school. I read Animal Farm 
um, in grade school. That was eventually banned by the school board, uh, Animal Farm was. And it was just because of a specific scene that takes place between a couple of the uh, the animals that um, was not appropriate. But uh, my mom offered to just rip those pages out of the book and then let the rest of it go. But then they were like, no, this could make people not like socialism. And so we got, <laughs> that's not what they said. They didn't say that, okay? Mm-hmm. Just so everyone knows, that's not what they said. That's what they thought, though. So that's number six, okay? I, listen, she's right about not banning books, I, I think. I don't think she knows why this one is banned, though. Pretty sure. Okay, number seven. Now we got to the point where I ran out of time to even put numbers on the corner of the screen. Mm. <laughs> so that's how close we got. This one came from the private group. Thank you to whoever it is that started this conversation in the private group. Who brought this one up? Let me check and see. They deserve a shout out. Where did the initial post come? Costco. Is it Costco? Yep, Costco posted this first one. God. All right. This is great. And we mm. got a. <laughs> this is good. Um, Charlie. Let me see what we got. Yeah, go ahead with this one so I can do the soccer one that's afterward. Right, here we go. <laughs> this is from Joe Luman. Yeah. Lu- Luaman. She says, I would rather get an abortion than have a brown child who ends up being adopted by white evangelicals. It is not a kindness to children of the global majority to give them to people who will traumatize them with self and ancestral hatred. And abortion is an act of love, which, by the way, is crazy because one of the arguments for abortion. <laughs> Are you sure it's crazy, Charlie? Are you sure? Well, one of the arguments for abortion is that there's all these poor people and there's no one to adopt. Like, who's going to adopt them? Like, that's one of their arguments for it. And it's like, well, now they want to sift through who can adopt kids. Now, well, the, we, the, maybe you'll get there. Hold on. Uh, maybe I'll get there. I just there. have this idea. I don't want to. I don't want to okay. say it before you do. Well, so now they want to decide who can adopt and who cannot adopt. And and look, there there is something to say about some religious folks that do create some childhood trauma, right? There mm-hmm. are some there are some preachers out there, I would say, that, that have some ridiculous um, things that can cause childhood trauma. But that it's also for the for the kid to have the chance to grow up and then they can change their minds later. You know, like you can't they want to control every single situation is that the religious aspect of it or is it the racial aspect of it are you talking about the evangelical part i haven't even got to the race or because they're white evangelicals right because it could be black evangelicals i guess that would be fine is that okay so i'm wondering if the if the religious her is there part of the religion maybe that makes the white person hate the the uh what she say brown child Mm -hmm. i don't know it's self and ancestral <clears throat> hatred. Yeah. So. Um, the other part is uh, we were just playing that clip from MSNBC the other day where they were uh, just bringing up the point that, well, you know, white people prefer to adopt white babies. You know, that's a big problem that we have. Oh, and then yeah. like in the same week, we get this saying, well, I would I don't want a white person to adopt a brown baby. I'd rather kill the kid instead. <laughs> it's a great idea. I'd rather it's kill an act the kid. Of love. So at the same time, it's bad, you know, that white people want to adopt white babies. Yeah. And also, in general, is what we're saying. Okay. Uh, but also at the same time, you should kill the kid instead, save them from that mm. uh, hatred. Apparently, now Matt Walsh got involved. That's yes. why this ended up on the radar. Okay. 
So Matt uh, quote tweeted this. He said, so you're racist along with being a homicidal, soulless, baby-killing ghoul. Got it. Thanks. Ghoul. Sorry, ghoul. Got it. Thanks. And then he... Uh, oh, my bad. He tweets again and says, I'd rather my child be dead than raised by a race I despise. These are the sorts of things these goblins are willing to actually say out loud. We are fighting against pure, unadulterated evil. And she said, and she replies and says, I said white evangelicals. That's not a race, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you saying white? (laughs) Oh. And then she got very upset. Of course, she's scared. All right. Now, okay. Well, because she's she's been attacked attacked online mm-hmm. yeah she said i am genuinely panicking last time a conservative like a conserva millen and matt walsh blog quote tweeted me i got death threats with my address and the names of my children and i won't be silenced but i'm begging them to please tell their followers to be decent now i don't think you should send death threats to people no i i disagree with that um but also like you you're putting ideas out there in the world and people should dissent and tell you how stupid you are yeah so also when it comes to the death threats i mean she's kind of throwing this idea out there that if you are a uh, a brown person and you have a baby or you're mm-hmm. pregnant and you want the baby here's the decision you should make you should kill the baby because it's better than them being raised by a white person yeah i don't know why she fears yeah. her children it's she probably should have just aborted them. Yeah. That way she wouldn't have to fear any death threats for her it's children. It's okay for her to raise their children. Yeah. Know, it's the other people. The, <laughs> the problem. Okay. That was number seven. That was fun. Thanks, Costco, for sending that over. We surely do appreciate it. On to the women's soccer pay gap saga, which main, which has finally been fixed. There won't be any Dumbly issues. Number eight. This is number eight. There won't be any more issues here to four from this decision. From the WAPO, U.S. women's and men's national soccer teams close the pay gap with a game-changing deal. That's a nice. That's a nice. Look, can right I there. guess before we even read this? What is it? Their deal is similar to the men's teams now. That's part of it. Okay. It's worse than that, though. <laughs> it is. It's okay. worse. All right. Yes. The U.S. men's and women's national soccer team struck a labor deal that closes the contentious pay gap between the squads, an unprecedented step that will equalize both salaries and bonuses, providing a substantial boost to the decorated women's team. The the USSF, that's the Soccer Federation, I assume, said the agreement makes the U.S. the first country to achieve equal pay for its men's and women's teams. Now, how are they achieving this equal pay? FIFA is going to, they're going to agree to pay out the exact same amount to both teams, right? That's how they achieve the equal pay. No, the U.S. teams will pull together the World Cup bonuses received from FIFA, the the sports global governing body, and split them equally, evening out a substantially unequal playing field. So now the the USSF is going to become essentially a, uh, a a government that is going to take in all of the income received from both, and then they're going to distribute it equally between the two teams. They'll have to take an administrative fee. Yeah, to make <laughs> I'm sure, sure they will. Yes, their equal pay. So it, even if the the men's payout is 
uh, $50 million and the women's is $5 million, then there's $55 million to split between the two teams, even if almost all of it came from the men. So that's awesome. Until now, the U.S. men have earned much larger World Cup bonuses than the four-time champion women, even in years when, the, by the way, the men will still be earning a much larger World Cup bonus. They're just going to be taking most of it and giving it to the women. Exactly. Okay, just to, just to remember that. Even in years when the men didn't advance out of the tournament's group stage, FIFA pays much larger sums to men's teams, citing the fact that the men's tournament generates substantially more revenue. <laughs> what a crazy idea. That's weird. FIFA pays much more, and they cite the fact that the men's tournament generates substantially more revenue, and that is the only time and that they talk about it in this entire By substantially more, article. we've gone over this. Yeah. It's it a ridiculous is amount more. An insane amount more money. You're and talking about... That derives from people who watch soccer. We'll just do general just general numbers here, give or take $100 million or so, but you're talking in, in total money that comes into FIFA... You're talking about like four hundred million for the women's and six billion for the men's that comes in. That's what they mean by substantially more revenue. <laughs> and everyone's upset that the men get paid more. Which is almost twenty times more <laughs> than what the women bring in. FIFA will continue to pay out more to federations for participation in the men's tournament, but under the new rule, the USSF will no longer pass along tournament specific bonuses to each squad. In agreeing to the CBA, the U.S. men are making a sub substantial concession. They will take home less money in World Cup bonuses than they would have previously, especially if they advance deep into the tournament. The women probably will receive much higher bonuses. You say? Every you time. You don't say. Every time. Yeah, literally. All the time. The USSF, which have been under the substantial public and legal pressure, said it would not agree to a deal with the men that did not equalize the World Cup bonuses they didn't equalize the World Cup bonuses. They're just going to be obtaining the ownership of those bonuses and paying them out equally. The winner of this year's World Cup in Qatar will receive $42 million of FIFA's $440 million total prize money if it advances to the round of 16. The U.S. men's team will receive $13 million if they if they advance to the 16th. That's more than three times what the U.S. women received for winning the tournament in 2019 when they reaped $4 million of the $30 million in overall prize money. Once again, $440 million total for the men, $30 million for the women. And actually, like we made the case several times before, the women prize pool is a larger portion of the total amount of money that FIFA receives than the men's prize pool is. Mm -hmm. The men actually needed to be getting paid more. The winner's share of the women's event next year in Australia and New Zealand has not been finalized, but the overall prize money is proposed at $60 million. It should collectively be pushing FIFA to equalize working conditions and prize money for the two World Cups. It's amazing that what the men have done, it's appreciated, but we should be pushing FIFA. Oh. It's not based on the amount of money that they're taking in. That's mm -hmm. not what it is. You need to pay out based on equity essentially not based on performance or the revenue that you generate mm. as a team no they're doing the same job nate besides they run the same speeds they do the same flips they have the same kicks mm -hmm. they save the same goals it's it's the same job 
Like the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Besides the World Cup money, the agreements will end guaranteed salaries for the women's players and instead pay them at the same rates as the men for achievements such as roster selection and team performance. The men were not paid a salary by the USSF, an issue that complicated the women's argument for equal pay. Because they got a guaranteed salary as part of their collective bargaining agreement. So they that issue, the fact that the men didn't have a salary somewhat complicated the argument for the for the mm. equal pay i would say for similar non-world cup turn, tournaments players on both teams will earn uh, equal amounts of total prize money the teams will also equally share a portion of the usf's broadcast so the money that they bring in from that even though way more people will be watching the men partner and sponsorship revenue and receive a share of the revenue from tickets sold at USSF organized home matches, both teams will receive bonuses for games that are sold out. The settlement was effectively an admission that the USSF had not paid the women's team equally. What does that mean? Of course, they're not paying. They don't receive equal amounts. Yes, they're not bringing that is in true. The, they're not bringing in the same amount of money. Notice they said equally and not fairly. They can't use the word fairly because fair would be determined based on the amount of money that's coming in from each team. So they use the word equally. Yes, they received unequal amounts of money. That's right. The women had sought $66 million in back pay, but suffered a major setback in 2020 when a district judge ruled that they had agreed to a different pay structure than the men's team. And in fact, they earned more money overall than the men in 2020. <laughs> All these weird setbacks in their arguments. Yeah. That they went through. You agreed to a different pay structure. (laughs) The USSF argued that paying the same bonuses to the women for winning the World Cup that they had promised to the men would bankrupt the Chicago-based nonprofit. But the women said the Federation was obligated to pay them equally regardless of FIFA's bonus structure. (laughs) So they argued that USSF should just pay out the same amount that the men were receiving. And the USSF said... That will literally bankrupt us because you're talking about money that doesn't exist right now. And they're like, well, why don't you just have the Fed print it? That's fine. And now um, they're obligated to pay them equally regardless of the money that's coming mm-hmm. in. Well, Zim- it's, it's equal, Nate. It's fair. Z- Zimmerman, who the, they had quoted earlier, said he believes the deal will create a bond between the teams, which have largely operated independently of each other for decades. Mm. How's it going to create a bond? It's well. I think it's weird that it's 2022 and we've separated soccer persons mm-hmm. into two different things based on um, a social construct of gender. Yeah, you're you're right about These that. These are just soccer persons. We should just not there. look at the gender at all and just let the best players make the team because none of their their genders are just words that are attached. We should just have one so. U.S. team mm-hmm. and that they play all the matches. Yeah. Uh, quote. We're rooting so hard for them, and they're rooting so hard for us. It hasn't been like that in the past. We're excited for the partnership. It really does feel like a sense of togetherness, which will also translate off the field with the camaraderie and sheer passion for the game and growing the sport here. Yes, they have tied each other to each other's earnings, so now they have a sense of togetherness. Mm-hmm. And, the yeah, they are, I tell you what, the people rooting hardest for the men's team this year will be the U S women's team for sure, because they get to take a bun- most of their money that comes in regardless of, of what they do or how much money they bring in. This is, compl- this is, re- but you know what? Hey, let them 
And Let them do this. Also, whatever. They, they agree to it. Yeah. Looks like the men's team agreed to it. They Let signed, them do it. They signed the CBA. So, you know, if you want to contractually do that, that's fine. If All in the name of woke divism. Oh, man. Okay. All well, right. That's number eight, I believe. We're getting... Oh, we have more? Oh, there's more. I have a hard stop, so we got to... Okay. We well, we got... Go. We got uh, two things here. I think it's two. Let me make sure. We got... Yeah, two things. Let's make sure that we get this George W. Bush one in here. Okay. Okay, so for number nine, you said that you did see this, right? I did. Oh, here's that picture again. I did see it. Okay. Well, let's play this real quick. Um, George Bush had an unfortunate incident <laughs> at a speech. Okay. So we'll just call it an unfortunate incident. Uh, it's also known as a Freudian slip. Uh, it's a, got a lot of different names associated with it, but he was giving a speech talking about how terrible this war was. Who goes to a speech to listen to George W. Bush talk about how terrible a certain war is? Well, That's it's not the, the first George question. W. Bush Institute. Okay. Yeah. Well, they knew who they were getting then, <laughs> for sure. In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, 75. Uh, <laughs> one more time. Iraq. I mean, invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq too. Anyway. Uh, he said Iraq too. 75. Uh, That's hilarious. God. Bless America. That's good stuff right there. Okay, so um, that's pretty dumb, I will say. Uh, overall, I would say that that aligns with dumb. Now, would you? I think this man probably has regrets. Well, I think it is in his mind all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to pinpoint i wanted to point out my biases charlie because everyone has biases and i've admitted to this before i was a big george w bush fan okay and i think that movie w also shaped my opinion of george w bush i'll tell you what my opinion generally of him has been he's an idiot who has no idea what's going on who somehow was elected to be the president and sign things that dick cheney put on his desk and that's basically it I mean, he was definitely influenced by the, the yep. Warhawks, for sure. Now, that does also not... also was part of the family business. You know, his dad invaded Iraq the first time. Yeah. So, so he, you know, finished the mission. So what I had to do was check my biases on this, because when I first saw the video, I was I felt bad for him for being that embarrassed about it. And mm -hmm. I was like, wait, like a million people died, you know? And he was the commander-in-chief, and we went in for no reason. And we, you know, destroyed this country. One man single-handedly you know? decided to invade another country. And here I am. On a lie, by the way. When I listen to him say that, I feel like embarrassed for him and bad for him. Oh, what if uh, Biden was talking about him? And, or what if Obama was giving the speech and he accidentally said Syria? You know, we'd be talking about, oh, this evil, hateful, warmonger, murdering, evil, SOB, terrible person. And that's what we come out with right there. And so what I had to admit is that I did initially have biases when I first, but the great thing is I also have a rational mind 
and uh, able to think through all of those things. You can and, disseminate your emotional feelings. And realize that those were biases and that this was actually a pretty disgusting slip up, a disgusting laugh and chuckle afterwards, and a disgusting laugh by the crowd afterwards after he made a joke about well, it. Well, also he admitted it. He said Iraq too. I didn't <laughs> so catch that didn't, the first time I watched that. I listened both. I didn't hear two. I think, no, he said, I, I think he said, you because he goes, mm, Iraq too. Mm. Listen to it again. I don't Back think, it up some. I listened when you said it. I didn't hear it that time. Listen for Iraq too. Made up of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he said two. He kind of cut it off. I think he was just kind of stuttering. Erect two. I think he was. I, I think you're hearing two. Presidents of mass dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so those are the. All right, uh, y'all get your leaps. votes in. I put the numbers out there. Man, I had this other one I really wanted to play. We'll play it. I'll do it in the after in the after party the after, after Charlie yeah. leaves. All right, y'all get your votes in. I put the numbers out there. Let me run back through them real quick, uh, so we know. What exactly it is that we're looking at? In reverse order, number nine, George W. Bush, Iraq. Uh, number eight, the soccer pay gap. Number seven, the uh, abortion is an act of love, as long as it, you know you're not having people raised by white especially, evangelicals. Especially when it's brown kids. Yeah, especially it's especially an act of love to abort brown kids. Mm-hmm. Of course. And uh, number six, Lori Lightfoot, don't ban these books, lefties. Number five, middle schoolers accused of sexual harassment because they wouldn't say they or them when speaking to their classmates. Number four, the mission of school privatizers is to take our country back to a time before Brown versus Board. Number three, it, you just got to have formula. It's not even possible to breastfeed anymore for lactating people. You know, it's too hard. It's just too hard. Number two, Kathy Hochul, they're going to start looking at social media and start exercising their red flag, red flag laws more often. And number one, all of these stuff surrounding Elon Musk with the ESG and the saying that he's going to vote Republican and all that stuff. So y'all get those gall darn votes in right now. And while you're voting, I'm going to tell you guys to make sure you subscribe to the show. Like I told you before, smash that subscribe button, share the show with a friend, a family member, or a foe, or actually all of them. And especially the children. Mm-hmm. They need to hear this message now more than ever. For sure. To share it with the children. All right, Nate, let them know what the vote totals are. And the winner of Dumb Bleep of the Week is this whole abortion conversation discussion with Matt Walsh and going back and forth. You know, it's just better to kill the brown children way better than if they had to grow up with white parents. You would not want that, would you? Come on. That's it would be racist or something. I don't know. Does it make sense? No. Does it get a lot of tweets? Yeah. And that's really all that matters. So everyone who got the vote, thank you for voting. Go to join GML so you can vote next week. We're not here tomorrow. Everyone have a great, a safe, a fun weekend for sure. Tell the family, tell the children, tell your aunt and uncle that it's time to follow the Good Morning Liberty podcast. If you do all of that, Stuff. We'll be right back here on Monday. Till then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.